This is the Five Point Play Podcast, the Die Hard Duke Basketball Fans Podcast. What a week, what a mm. month, what a year. Duke has now lost its last three games, each in pretty excruciating fashion. Mm-hmm. It combined 10 points total. But hey, hey, we're still here. We cannot abandon you. Absolutely we cannot not. abandon this team. And let's face it, AC, we are each other's own support group at this point. <laughs> so why don't we go ahead and just use this as more of a therapeutic type of session um, where we get some things off our chest. Not that we don't every week. But we have to, unfortunately, AC, start with what happened last Saturday against UNC. And we're going to start yeah. there. Yeah, man. I mean... Anymore with all of our losses, it's all the same thing, man. Like, there's just no fight, dude. Like, there's there's no there's no backbone. There's no pushback. Like, we will score. Scoring is not our problem. Like, we can talk about who needs to play and where the ball needs to go and the turnovers and all that, but that's not the problem, man. We can't. Like, if if, if scoring is the problem, it means we need to score 120 points a game in order to beat teams because we are giving up everything. We're giving up the three. We're giving up the two. We're giving up the mid-range. We're giving up the fast break now. Like, at this point, we just have said, all right, screw it. No more defense. <laughs> like, we're not we're not doing it. And, I mean, truthfully, some of it some of it will absolutely have to do with the fact that this team had, you know, zero, zero strength and conditioning coming in. And we do have – like, we have a small team. Like, we have a very slight team. Like, we don't have – outside of Henry – we really don't have, and, and I guess Wendell, you can count Wendell and even Jordan, but we really don't have anybody who's like, who's strong. Like anybody who's any, like you, no one is worried about the guys who are defending them on the other team. Like Caleb Love was like, I don't care who's on me. I'm, I'm going through all of you. Like he was, he was playing angry, man. Like it was one of those like Duke recruit narrative things where, you know, he desperately wanted to come to Duke being from the St. Louis area, like Jason Tatum looking up to him, desperately wanted to come, come here and, we dropped him for Jeremy, which I don't get me wrong. I am not, I'm not saying I'd rather have him over Jeremy. That's not what I'm saying here. But what I'm saying is that's what happened. And he was like, here, let me show you. And he did. So if you just go by the stats, right. Mm -hmm. We basically shot the exact same. We -hmm. made one more three pointer than they did. Mm -hmm. Um, Granted, to be fair, they were 10 of 15. Caleb Love himself was four or five. Uh, which is absurd. I mean, he came he into the game shooting 22%, and two of 13 in his three games coming into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just ridiculous. Uh, it kind of picked up where, you know, the last couple of games prior to that, where we had been, where someone just goes, Honest Fire Miami did it to us mm-hmm. um, the game prior. Um, you know, they understandably out-rebounded us, but it wasn't a huge margin. It was 38 to 31. Um, we had more assist than they did. We somehow had one last turnover they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did have five more fouls. They did shoot, you know, 15 more free throws, but that's kind of how our season on a whole has been going. So I want to touch on what you said, which was, you know, where was the heart? Where was the the backbone? And uh, this team is, is kind of hard to, for me to even understand. It's just so inconsistent. Like, you'll get spurts where they do show the toughness, do show the heart. But, you know, you get it for, you know, a couple minutes at a time. You don't know which player you're getting it from. It's not Mm -hmm. consistent from player to player. Some of the guys that are consistent, you know, probably don't get the the amount of minutes 
to, to really understand where it is, like the Henry Pullmans. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned Caleb Love. You know, somebody's going to come out there and have that Carolina Duke game that we talked about in the last podcast. It happened to be him. Yep. Um, you know, I, I just don't know. Um, you know, Coach K did not stir Jalen Johnson in this game. I didn't hate it. I didn't miss him. You know, he hit it. He did hit a couple threes, which was nice. Uh, but you know, I, I I'm back to where I was with Jalen, where you know he played 24 minutes. Your stats look pretty good. You know, six and 12, two of two from three. You have five rebounds, five assists. You only have a couple turnovers, but did I really feel like he impacted the game in ways that a guy of his caliber, transcendent type of guy, a guy that we said at the end of the last podcast, this is going to be your moment to shine. This is your UNC moment. I didn't get that sense. I didn't get that sense from anybody. No. I mean, Matthew Hurt played his worst game of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wendell, you know, we haven't even brought that up yet, but our song is Wendell, Wendell, 30 minutes, he played more or less pretty strong, but um, before we get to what happened at the end of the game with him, um, I felt like this was just two bad teams playing a pitiful game of basketball where there was no defense on either end. Both of them had extremely low basketball IQs, and it was just painful, painful to watch, and I'm glad that fans weren't there subjected to that quality of basketball. Yeah, it's like the, the execution as a whole. We knew that too. Like as as a whole in college basketball, the execution was going to be down. Like everybody knew that, and like clearly, clearly the whole thing is having an effect on people or on on the teams. Like no fans, no off season. Like it's very clear. Like those things are important. Like it, and I, you know, I was earlier in the season fighting, not even fighting about the fact that fans aren't important and not never claimed to say they weren't important. It's just that we weren't going to have them all season. So it was like, we had to figure out a way to do it without them. But you know, I'm, I'm mad because, because that sucks. Cause all preseason you heard from Dallin Cuff and all those guys, like Duke's fans are worth 10 wins and I'll be damned if they aren't right. At least this year anyway. So whatever, man, like whatever, like that's this, this yeah. team is it, like, Put, put the guys who want to fight on the floor, put the guys who want to fight for a spot next season on the floor, let them figure it out, let them learn how to win, let them learn how to lose, which they're doing a great job of that. And just, we just, at this point, it's keep it rolling for the next season. Yeah. You know, we'll get to that in just a second, but mm-hmm. let's, you know, let's talk about that last play. Uh, you know, that's again, now it's two, two games in a row where it's come down to the wire, which every, every one of our games does. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all, they all play out the same exact way. Uh, one of the two teams, whether it's us or, you know, the last couple or um, or a couple times or whether it's the, op- the opponent getting up by double digits, one of the other teams crawl- crawling their way back, and then it's a five-point game with under two minutes to go, and more often than not, we lose when we do have a couple wins. Mm-hmm. Um, our last two games, though, the Miami game and then this Carolina game, we had two of the absolute dumbest, plays in the history of college basketball. I just, I am floored by how stupid they were. Um, I, I just, I, I just, I have absolutely no words. AC, talk me off the ledge on what was Lundell doing? And I think you have a theory on this one, but what in the world? You have your man beat. Mm-hmm. You're the guy that's played well all game. Mm-hmm. 
you're the guy that has been in this position of anybody that we've had, even more yep. than Matthew Hurt. Um, what is going through his mind where he decides, I'm beating my man, I'm at the rim, screw it, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to go down, turn 360, and try to pass to no one where I have no idea where anybody is, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously get called for trap. Yeah, I don't. It, it it looked like the play that we ran all game until we stopped running it, which was attack the basket, get five feet from the basket, and kick out. Like we did that all game early on, and it it cost us big. Like it cost us big early, and a lot of our turnovers. I would say I would I would venture to say most of our turnovers came from that very play because Roy Williams was like, he saw it on tape. He was like, you know what? They drive and kick. This team wants to drive and kick so badly that they will not take two point shots. And we won't like, we won't take two point shots. And early in the game, we turned the ball over like four straight possessions on that very same play. Jeremy Roach, Jordan Goldwire, DJ Stewart, and I believe Jalen Johnson were the four early on. And it just, it looks like, I mean, it looked, I mean, it was the exact same play for Wendell. He drove to the basket instead of taking the layup. And I don't know if he was instructed in the huddle to go for the win instead of the tie. I don't know. I don't know what was happening there in that moment. Like what they were, what they talked about on the bench or whatever else. I don't know what was going through his head. I can't speak for him, but the way the play looked, it looked exactly like the way we typically play, which is drive and kick. And it looked like that's what he was trying to do. And Carolina was out on everyone who was on the perimeter and his man let him get by as usual, and he didn't take the layup. That's, I mean, end of story. Like, I don't, there, there's, I don't know what else to say about it other than, yeah, he went, he went brain neutral as Clark Kellogg likes to say, and which happens. It happens in stressful moments for any player. It doesn't matter who it is, but it, it was, it was an absolute brain neutral play where he, it, it was total muscle memory that took over, and his muscle memory said to drive and kick out. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's um, it's just crazy to me because, you know, you look at our 15 turnovers and I'd venture to say that if you went back and looked at the tape, at minimum, 12 of them were on forced errors. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like that, like at one point I remember specifically Jalen Johnson just stepping out of bounds. Yep. You know, Jordan Goldwire crossing half court and just throwing it to the other team. Yep. And, and like and even Jalen stepping out of bounds, like I, yeah. I'll excuse that. That happens on a it regular happens, basis. But, but, it, but the, the drive and kick out thing, the drive and kick out thing was yeah. just that was killing me, man. Because we're not that I mean, team. I mean, look, look how we look how we opened the game. We couldn't even get the damn tip off yeah. before we turned it over. And it's yep. just, it's. Uh, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, no, that was that was it, man. Like that's it, though. Like we just we are we're playing a style that we don't know how to play and we're not good at it and i don't know if k is just i don't know if he's i don't know if he's in the same mindset we are like he he's trying to win games he wants to win games by the same token he's trying to develop guys at the same time we'll talk about that later and maybe this is maybe the offense we're seeing this year is the offense we're going to see next year it probably is with the guys we have coming in it makes sense for that be, to be the offense for this team it doesn't work but you know what i mean like again we can talk about the offense. The offense isn't the problem. We got to get stops, and we're not getting stops. Yeah. Uh, I don't even want to talk about this game anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do have to talk about the aftermath. And and honestly, this is kind of like an open open forum aftermath. There was a lot to talk about after the game. Yeah. Um, some of it was not even related to us. It was, you know, the Carolina um, 
players joining their fans in celebration, which is a traditional celebration. Anytime mm-hmm. one of us wins a game, you know, we're going out and, you know, everybody's there, all the student bodies there and they're, they're having a giant block party. Um, you know, do you have any problem with, uh, with what happened? I don't like, I didn't even tweet about it. Like, yeah, I, I don't, they're, they're kids in college. Like, these, all of these kids, like all of us, everyone on the planet has gone through it and make, call it quarantine fatigue or whatever you want. Like, COVID, sorry to say COVID's here to stay and it's not going anywhere. And next year they're going to be doing the same exact thing. And miraculously, it's not going to be a problem, right? Because everybody's either had the vaccine or we have herd immunity, whatever else. Like, you know what? At this point, man, like these mental health has to take importance at some point for people and that was like that was clearly catharsis for those kids on that campus and and those players and you know what they deserve they earned it they earned it they beat us they won they won a big game they earned it man and for it to like i I don't know that it even really took off and got legs you had some people making silly comments about it you had some people doing who didn't armando baycott who yeah his his mom got on twitter and put a note out about how he was getting death threats from Carolina fans and opposing fans and you know you never know how serious those things are but like what the hell is that man like are you kidding me like right come on man it's uncalled for dude like it's uh, we're just the world is too volatile right now for us not to have some celebration you know what I mean and they and they they had their celebration so whatever like yeah, they, 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 they they earned it and I say the same thing if Duke won and, and Duke fans were out you know partying it up on campus and burning benches um, you know, we, we didn't get the job done. They had every right to go out there and celebrate. I've said it a million times on this podcast. I'll keep saying it. These kids, students, athletes, they're not at risk. They're fine. They're not super, they're not going to be super spreaders. Everybody just, everybody's looking for a reason to get offended. And, and, and if you're a Duke fan bitching about this, it's nothing more than sour grapes. So don't mm-hmm. do it. Now let's talk about the aftermath for our team though. Um, our team wise, um, you know, and we saw a little bit of it against Notre Dame, and we'll get to the Notre Dame recap after this, but, mm-hmm. you know, aftermath of this one, um, it's, it's understandable that, in my opinion, the season's completely over. Um, and so, to me, you play guys that you know are not coming back no more than 20 minutes a game. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Matthew Hurt. I'm sorry, Jalen Johnson. Um, if you know that someone else is coming back uh, for whatever reason, um, whether that be, you know, Jamin Brayfield, uh, mm-hmm. Tape, Goldwire, uh, then they should just either not play period or uh, in the case of Goldwire, 10 minutes tops. Um, it is about playing for next year. It's about getting the guys that are going to be here uh, the most amount of experience possible with you know, giving them, and this is a little bit of foreshadowing to the Coach K coming out the Notre Dame game, which we'll spend some time on. Um, but the reality is, is that it, it's now here. It's now, no longer do we have to pretend it's now officially here. We are not going to make the tournament unless a miracle happens in the ACC tournament. So the aftermath to me is the same as it's been for the last two weeks. Play Jeremy Roach and DJ Stewart as many minutes as they can handle. Let them get Put, uh, put together in every single situation so that they're the best backcourt in the country next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I slightly disagree only to only to say that I, I wouldn't I wouldn't sit 
Matt and Jalen. Like I wouldn't do that. Like you got two guys who are who are bound to be pros. Any game they play from here on out can only can really honestly can only help their draft stock because you know I mean like I'm not saying shit on period. I said right. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, no. You said less than twenty minutes, but the the other the other caveat to that too is like next season some of these guys aren't going to be playing more than ten or fifteen a game anyway. And that's fine. And I, I don't know that I don't know if you I don't know if you shove them in for an entire game like that. I don't know if you I don't know if you do that. I don't know if you just if you play them like they would normally rotate. I don't know if you'd give them a chance. For instance, I'd like to see Mark and Henry hold down one spot. Like if Mark goes out, Henry comes in. If Henry goes out, Mark yeah. comes back in. Like I want to see that. Yeah. I don't necessarily need to see Jalen sitting or Matt sitting unless so you, they're hurt. You, like if so they're hurt, you, you kind of like you kind of like one of them on the floor at the whole at, at, at exactly. all times. Yeah, I don't need so to see both of them on the, the floor because minutes, they're not the going to do that minutes, next season. Right. Okay. So they're 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 two minutes per game should equal forty. Right. Right. Fine. Okay, I agree with that. Yeah, like because like I said, I, I don't need them on the on the floor at the same time because they're not going to do that next year. Like presumably, right. like we have talent enough talent coming in where they we wouldn't have to do that next season. Like yeah, Jordan. 100%. Jordan is he's been open about potentially leaning towards not coming back. I doubt he comes back. Who knows? But yeah, like like if he's if he's not coming back, yeah, you you got to start Jeremy at this point, and you got to let Jeremy run the offense. Turnovers be damned. You got to let him just do what he does. DJ, you gotta you gotta force feed him some shots and make him become a scorer. Like you gotta let him feel the pain. Like he's he's gotta want to feel the pain. Like he's he's so shy right now about taking to the basket, and a lot of that has to do with his slight build, man. He's he's a smallish guy, and you know. You can tell, like him, he is not comfortable going to the basket. And that's something he's going to have to do next season. So, that that's another part of this man. Like another part of his evolution is is against competition outside of his own players getting comfortable doing that. Same thing with everybody else. Like you said, if Jamin, if there is something going on behind the scenes there, then you know, what I mean, I guess I guess he's sitting. I don't know. I don't. I, like I, I can only imagine what is happening behind closed doors with that situation. So. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so I, I am absolutely with you where we need to develop these guys. I just, I don't know that it comes at the expense of just, you know, just flat out, like, sitting guys or putting combinations that don't make sense together, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it does. Um, I, I think we're more on the same page than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, I, I have no idea what's going on with, with, with Brayfield. Um, so let's go ahead and, and, and shoehorn over to the Notre Dame game. Let's play. A game that uh, we both picked Duke to win uh, when we went down and gave our, our 10-game prediction of how it's going. And so far, um, <laughs> it's not looking too good. But um, this is another one we lost. Uh, you know, we were up big. We were up by 15 <laughs> in the first half. Yep. We, um, we looked we like shooting, we were supposed to look. Yeah, we were shooting the ball extremely well. Um, and then we just, you know, we just went out there and made them look all-world uh, Cormac Ryan specifically went out there and did his best Jimmy Fredette, you know, impersonation. Yeah. Scored twenty-eight. He went, you know, four or seven from three. Apparently, you just have your best game against Duke this year, and this is the year. You're to do it. But yeah, well, that's where I wanted to start today. See, yeah. our defense was atrocious. Anything, yeah. all, all the whole game was spread us out, dive to the hole, wide open layup. I mean, it is anything you wanted, you got. Yeah, I mean, teams have figured it out. Like, Corp- Cormac Ryan, was he was driving to the basket. Number one, like, he's never done before in his entire life. And number two, he was, it was, like, it was personal. Like, he was 
he had a one-on-one matchup and he was just like, I am stronger and bigger than whoever you put on me. And I'm just going. And he did. He did, he did just that. And that's, that's the story of our season with this team. Like no, no help defense, nobody individually who can even put up a fight against the opposing offensive player. And really the, the, the face, the faces on the other side of the court. Kay loves to talk about faces, your face, like, you know, not a game face, but like, you know, that, that determined face and, the faces on the other side of the court look totally different than the faces on on Duke's side of the court, and it shows. Like it shows. Like your your face tells everything about you in life and 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 basketball and everything else. And our our faces, we have the look of deer in headlights. Like we do not know. We yeah. like we didn't know what was coming at us. Like we had no idea that this is what college basketball was like. Yeah, I mean, I like to refute that, but it's the truth. I mean, it's another situation where you know, if you look statistically. Um, outside of the free throw line, we outplayed them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's you know we out rebounded them by eight. Uh, we had sixteen assists. They did as well. They shot eighteen of twenty from the line, and we shot seven of eight. But again, it came down to the last two minutes, and I saw a couple plays in a row in the uh, under two minutes where it was it was that Deion Headlights, the that playing hot potato. I don't want it type of deal, and it was everybody. And it's just you know this team. You know, if you're talking about learning, you have to learn how to win. And sometimes mm-hmm. learning how to win means, you know, means losing. You learn yep. through losing. And that's tough. But that that's just where this team is. But to 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 be fair, you know, Jeremy Roach did get the 37 minutes. Thought yep. overall he played all right. I don't think he played great, but he played all right. Yep. P.J. Stewart, to your, to your point earlier, I thought he was a little more intimidating driving than, mm-hmm. you know, what we had seen in, in a few past games. Jalen Johnson didn't start again. He only had 15 minutes. You know, they're doing the whole, you know, he's injured and they're monitoring yeah. the situation. I don't know if that's true or not. But no, he's the guy playing, yeah, he's checked out 100%. Checked out. He, to me, you know, he has zero rebounds, zero assists. He's checked out. In 15 minutes. Like, come on. That's a um, He's checked out. out and, 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 and that's fine. And we can talk about this in the next segment. But I'm okay with the 15 minutes. I'm okay yeah. with him not starting. Yeah. On a positive yeah. note, on a positive note, though, I, I'm 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 I loved how Mark Williams was. He was aggressive. Yep. Um, I thought he made some strong moves. Yep. He, he there there are moves that he's going to get better on. But I thought he, he was he caught the ball well this to the, yeah, this game. He caught the ball well. I think that's an improvement. Mm-hmm. He had that man. He had that that free throw line jumper. He had that great sequence. That was like a classic Duke sequence. Like. Hits the jumper, comes down, you know, smacks the ball through the glass on the other side, comes down and sets up a, a, a three for us. Like that was that was such a classic Duke segment. That's like that's one of those segments that you see a typical Duke team play and win and, and make those types of plays to win games. And you know, just we, we did it once. <laughs> that was it. We did it, we did it once in the year of 2021. Like you know what I mean? Like we don't die for balls anymore. Like we don't do that anymore. There are so many loose balls where guys are just standing up. Notre Dame was on the ground. Like we we don't we don't hustle to the out of bounds line anymore. Like we we stop two feet short of the out of bounds line. They just keep driving around us to the baseline. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like all, all the little things that you typically would do, we just we don't do anymore. It's like it, it is at this point. It is either mental or like they have forgotten how to make those types of plays. I, I, I wonder. Like I wonder what practices look like. Like are and how tuned in they are. 
this this season has definitely been it's been a challenge for everyone. And I just wonder, you know, what I mean, because the way we look, we don't look like the guys who care enough to win. We just don't look like yeah, it. And that was clear in this game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because as you said, sure. stat wise, stat wise, we outplayed Notre Dame. However, those it's it's five or six possessions a game. Five or six, you get you get a chance at five or six possessions a game where you can take the other team's heart. And we just didn't do it, man. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a broken record. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think that one thing that I've noticed is in a lot of our games, and this happens every year for, for me, you know, I talk to a couple of the same people during games, you know, via text and, and, and stuff like that. And and they'll they'll bitch about, you know, this defense is set up and why aren't we pressuring and why aren't we doing this and why aren't we running this guy in the post and, and this guy's on the foul line. And and I'm just like, whoa, 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 like we're don't over don't overthink it here. Mm-hmm. The fundamentals of this team are atrocious. Mm-hmm. The IQ of this team is the lowest I've ever seen. We have to get back to basics on this one. Mm-hmm. Like we can't even start talking about what type of defense we should be playing. I mean, yeah. if you're going to, you know what I mean? Like, you watch the Jason Miller game, what were you going to do there? I mean, right. that was that was just such low IQ that if you can't, you kept getting beat on the same exact play, top mm-hmm. of the key, pick, dive through the hole, wide open layup. Yep. How many times are you going to get beat before you say, you know what, screw it, I am going to leave my man, or I'm going to sign off of this, or I'm going to, do... like, at some point, you got to get back to basic show drill. Like, I, I don't, that's like what you're saying. Like, I don't know what to do in a practice. I'm not there. So it's, it's always difficult for me to go at the decisions that the coaching staff makes in terms of personnel. Because mm-hmm. I don't see what they see. And so usually you can go at them at, against, you know, different axes and those. But I'm throwing that out the window too because, oh, yeah. you know, you watch this Notre Dame game and it's like every other game we played. And I'm just like, this team just doesn't get it. Yep. They just yeah. don't get it. Yeah, like at some point the players have to they have to give they have to motivate the coaches to be able to to make some of these plays happen and yeah the play on the play on the floor has not allowed that and the flip side of that I you know Kay is typically a master in motivation and like that this season that's gone and maybe maybe he you know who knows maybe he is fatigued too like he doesn't he doesn't look the same you see him in press conferences yeah. on the sidelines occasionally like. The fire that we saw return with Zion and RJ in that group, and even last year when Trey was doing his thing with Vernon, and he K was, you know, he was as fired up as we've seen him. And you know, everybody's like, "Oh, we, we've got four, five, six, seven more years left to K." I'm telling you, man, we we brought it up earlier in the season, and I, I bring it up again. I would not be surprised because of the way the season has gone and the way that COVID has happened and everything else. I think he sticks it out for next year, but I think that this season in particular has just worn him down, man. I, and how yeah. could it not, dude? He's like he's forty plus years in the league. Like he's allowed to have lapses in judgment and be fatigued, just like the players are. So, yeah, I think I think I think the players and the coaches. This has not been their best season, <laughs> clearly, right? But I mean, it's it's just one of those things where the t- the team takes on the identity of the coach and. K K looks and it feels to me he looks as defeated as the team has this season. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, you know, it's sad, but it's the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's a good segue to his comments after the Notre Dame game. And you know, if you're on Duke message boards, if you're a Duke fan, you had to have heard him. But you know, Coach K had a comment that 
depending on how or where you saw it, may have been taken a little bit out of context, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it here. And he was talking about developing youth and how, you know, Duke, you know, he hasn't had to develop youth. And so that comment right there kind of really got, it, it was it was taken and ran with it by the people that want to expose that we don't develop players ever. Right. And that's, that's a blanket statement that gets thrown over year after year after year. But here's the actual quote. And it is in reference to to, to Mark Williams and uh, Henry Coleman playing and Notre Dame playing four guards. You know, so kind of like, why did they not get as many minutes and, 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 mm-hmm. and so forth? And, and so this is a long quote, but I'm, I'm going to give you in, in full because AC, I want to get your reaction to it. Okay. Quote, Mark Williams keeps getting more minutes and Henry Coleman has done a good job. They put four guards out there, meaning Notre Dame, but those guys will keep playing. In saying that, we're not playing just to get experience. That's not what we're doing. You get experience by playing hard to win. Even though we're not winning, the attempt and the preparation to win is there. Or else I would tell you, youth has to be developed in our program. We're not accustomed to that. We're not accustomed to losing, but we are, we are, and you have to lose. Take responsibility and build on it. No excuses and keep going forward. And you see, when you read that quote, when you heard that quote, what does it mean to you? I mean, it means to me what we've talked about for the past five minutes on this podcast and what we've talked about for really the last couple of weeks. It's you play to win because that's how you develop good habits. And you play guys that are going to be in the program and the guys who are winning type players. Like guys are going to help you win games. So, you know what I mean? he And that's what, that's what I hope that he's doing and that's what I think he's doing. So I think it lines up with, with what is needed for next year because – whether we get Pat Baldwin or not, whether we get Trevor Keels or not, if we if if we do bring Paulo and AJ on campus and, and those two are the only two or whatever that we have, then that's fine. Like we have guys that are returning for next season who we hope are ready to win. Like we hope have picked up what it means and the experience that it is to play college basketball. And we hope that they are ready to move forward. And the way that you foster that is – now, like right now, you play them and you play to win the games because, yeah, tournament hopes are probably they're they're pretty much dashed unless we win the ACC tournament. But you know, you 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 finish the season strong. That gives you a pedestal to stand on. That gives you some cement. That that gives you something that you can look back on and say, okay, this is what we did, and this worked with this group of guys. This is helpful. Like this is a good thing, and we can build on this next season, and we can build on this in the off season because presumably they will have an off season. So. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I like the quote. I know people took it as you can't win with one and dones, which is so stupid. Yeah, they, <laughs> if you they, look they, at they, they, took, they took it as we don't ever develop players. Right. That's not what he's saying at all. Exactly. Like you look at that, you look at that Zion and RJ season, right? And we always bring this one up because that's like recent, you know, mo- one of the most recent examples we have of like super successful basketball with one and done talent. And those two guys, they did everything for that team including what the upperclassmen quote unquote are supposed to do, which is they did all the dirty work, the hustling, the rebounding, defending, the defending the weak side, all the above. Those two guys were doing that. Not Jack, not Javin, not Marquise, those two. So when we're like, we need more three and four year players. No, you, you don't need more of them. You need three and four year players who are going to do the things that these guys have learned over a couple of years of experience to be able to do. Cause typically it's very difficult to find freshmen who make those types of plays consistently, who are strong yeah. enough, 
who have enough experience to to see something happen and be able to think through it. It's very difficult when you've never gone through it before. So yeah, you typically don't see freshmen doing that. RJ and Zion were anomalies in that regard. However, if you have a bunch of worthless seniors who don't make plays to help you win games, then what the hell do we need them for? Right? Like right. And, and we we need we need players who are gonna play games and play play and win games. Yeah, I mean it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that, you know, if you don't win it's because of one and done. It doesn't it it is again, it's the blanket statement that drives me nuts mm-hmm. because you don't actually think about it one step further, let alone two and three steps further when you were at wait a minute, we had multi-year guys that you, you keep talking about. You want those unique talents, but you want to surround them with, you know, three and four year guys. Well, we had that. And those guys didn't pick up their end of the bargain. You know what I mean? You can talk about how Cam Reddish didn't, but you know, Cam still he was interesting. He, he played like a freshman. Right. We didn't need him to be a superstar if if it meant that Javin, Marquise, Jack, you know, and those guys picked up their normal share as, you know, contributing elder statesmen. If they exactly. just done that, we don't need to worry about what can do. If you're needing another, if you need a third freshman to be a superstar, then that's on you as the right. elder statesman. You didn't do your job. So as it relates to this team, though, you know, I, I look at the statement, obviously, and I agree with your take on it. But to take it again a step further, um, you know, we, we can still play to win. Um, and I don't think it, I don't really think the, the difference is, is, is much at all. Whether hmm. whether we're playing Matthew Hurt 15 minutes or 30 minutes, uh, Jalen Johnson 10 minutes or 30 minutes, I don't think the ceiling is that much higher um, with, with it one way or another with them. Um, and I do think that he's already started. You've already seen him, you know, playing Jeremy Roach and, and DJ Stewart, starting them off, playing them 20-plus, DJ 30-plus, or uh, Jeremy 30-plus. Mm-hmm. So the, the ceiling's kind of the same no matter what you're doing, whether you quote-unquote play to win or quote-unquote play for the future. It sure. looks the exact same with this team. Like, there's really no difference. So the only thing what you, that I agree with you on was um, – you know, I, I agree that Mark and Henry should get a combined 40. However you want to divvy that mm-hmm. up is whatever. But, yeah, that would be a good thing. If we're talking toward the future, that would be another step for Kay to take um, yep. in, in, in doing that. It keeps you having, like, next season, it keeps you from having to put Paolo at the five, for instance. Like, you right. can put Henry and Mark in that position, and Paolo can play his natural spot. Pat can play his natural spot if he comes in. AJ can play his natural spot if he comes in. So, you know what I mean? They, they can all play. They can all play where they're supposed to. Because this season has been, it's like the island of misfit toys. A bunch of dudes who just don't fit. Like they don't. They're not playing the right positions. Out of really because of whatever they saw before, and they didn't trust what was happening. So now, now you're seeing Matt be able to play the four exclusively, almost instead of having him to play at the five. Like which has, in turn has cut into Jalen's time because he's not playing the three because Wendell's been playing better, and Wendell's presumably here next year. So now you got to continue to get him time. So he's playing the three, you know, most of the game with Joey coming in and, and more spurts now. So yeah, like Jalen's been left behind in a in a little bit of a way because because of what he's been doing, showing us on the floor. So yeah, man, like you just you have to you have to play who's going to help you win, and you have to play who's going to help you win for the future. And then the other caveat to that too is, and this is why you know, I mean, this is why I'm not saying completely sit Jalen or not saying you know sit Matt down longer or whatever else is. Because you also have to foster, you know, these these guys who are going pro, so that you can continue to recruit the guys who want to go pro, so that they don't they see that 
you're not just going to give up on, you know, you're not just going to lose money for me because I'm not doing something or I'm not playing well. Like, you know, guys are, they take note of that stuff. So, you know, two and three years down the road, whether Kay's here or not, like we still want to be able to say and look back and say, you know what, this is what we do for our pros. So, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta build all those, all those things, all those pillars yeah. have to be built. I think that we do have a little bit of equity in that category. Though. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I don't think that this one year, I mean, if we started going down the Calipari route where you're absolutely tossing your players under the bench on, you know, on your podcast and on your Twitter, um, then yeah, maybe you start, kind of feeling that but as of right now we don't we don't we don't really have that you know that issue but uh to wrap up we do have a couple <laughs> do have a couple mm-hmm. games coming up here uh saturday we play uh nc state which if we're being completely honest they stink they're eight and eight you know four and seven in conference they just lost to syracuse who also stinks and uh, we both picked them to lose do you have anything that suggests otherwise now no, and actually, I I, I got to change mine because uh, when we did the rabbit fire, I picked the us to beat state, and oh, I picked okay. us to lose to wake. You picked us to lose to state and wake. You are right. We are going to lose to both, <laughs> and unfortunately, like it is, it is what it is. I, I just want to see us fight. Like I, I want to see us. I, I want to see somebody on the floor. You know, I want to see some anger or something, and an emotion. I want to see an emotion. If somebody cries on the side of the bench, I'll be happy, quite honestly, because. We have been just a shell. Like there's been no emotion, and like you know, the the tears mean that it matters to you. Like I, like something. I want to see something, man. Like we need to out of somebody because that talking about development, like that you develop that moving forward as well. Like next year, the freshmen are gonna need to see you showing showing your face and showing what it means to to be up when you're a little bit down. And we're gonna we're gonna have to do that against state, and we're gonna have to do it against Wake because we're gonna be down in both those games. State plays enough defense to hinder our offense enough to where our defense isn't going to win us the game. And Wake Forest is looking for payback when they play us. So, yeah. So, State, we're going to lose it. We're going to lose it 70, 78 because they're score, going to score a bunch of points that they never score. Braxton Beverly is probably going to be one of their leading scorers. He's been horrible all season. So, there you go. That's You know what's going to happen now. Yeah. So, you know, sure Manny Bates that. is – right. Manny Bates is probably going to block 10 shots. Because he's he is an amazing defender down low, so we're gonna lose this game seventy-seven to seventy-three. Yeah, I mean we know how this game's gonna go. I might go a little bit higher, uh, just because recently um, we've been scoring on a decent clip and we don't play any defense. So, but it'll come down, you know, probably uh, unless we get blown out, it'll it'll come down to the last under two minutes, and it'll be a five, two to five point game. Um, so give me NC State eighty-five, uh, eighty-five to eighty-one. But yeah, they'll they'll hit a bunch of threes. They'll you know shoot their highest percentage of the year, and that takes us to the uh, the next game, which is against Wake Forest on the seventeenth. Again, like you said, I picked us to uh, to lose that game. I'm not going to move on for that at this point. There's no reason for me to. I, I like the game. I, I like I like the comment about us, you know, being a revenge game for them. But to me, it's more that. Everybody's licking their chops to play us this year. Yep. This is their one opportunity to to, to take take an easy one, um, and I don't think they're going to let two games against this pitiful team be a reason for them. That like that's enough motivation for them. So I see them, you know, winning that game rather convincingly. You know, eighty-eight to seventy-eight. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of our first double-digit losses in a while. 
I, I totally agree with you. I think I, th- I think Musis is going to go off. I, th- I think a couple of our other guys are just going to, you know, they're going to just go nuts and do what they do again, what everybody does. And and Wake Forest really gave us some problems earlier this season too. We we won it, but this time I don't think we're going to do it. So first double digit loss in a little while. So I'm going to say we end up losing this one like 80 to 65. Yeah, uh, we haven't lost double digits since we lost to Illinois way yeah. back, you know, in when was it? Early December. Yeah, and, um, and which shows this team is like, you know, I mean, there's enough talent because yeah, it's yeah, not for, fight. It's not fight keeping us in this game. Like in the past, like we sorry to cut you off. We on Twitter, you know, we've gone back and forth with who does this team remind you of and everything else. And I always say 94, 95, but it, it's it reminds me of that season, but not the same team. Like 94, 95 was pretty pitiful when it came to talent, but they fought and they were in games a lot. They were I mean, they were they were a ranked team before K went out. So you know, that, that, that team was a fighting team. Like, and you see it with Chris Collins, Wojo, Capel, those guys, those are fighters. Those guys are fighters. Yep. This team yep. has no fighters, but our talent has kept us in games. So the talent is there, man. Like we talked earlier in the season about, is this team even talented? It's, I don't think it's that they're not talented. I think we're talented plenty. I think that we have zero fight. We have zero strength and we have zero motion right now. So it'd be nice to yeah. see these next couple of games, some of that come out. Yeah, and, and I would disagree slightly on that. I would say that we do have guys that have the ability to fight, and we do see it sometimes, uh, but it's very inconsistent. Right. And a lot of that has to do with, with losing. You know, like mm-hmm. when you're losing, um, and especially losing in the fashion that we are at the end of games, night after night, um, that gets deflating. I completely understand that that's where leadership comes in, and we have zero leadership, whether that's on the sidelines or certainly – upper class wise from any veterans. We don't have any leadership on this team that that would permeate through the, the squad to, to help these guys out when things got tough. And you know, at the beginning of the season they said it. They said you have to build you have to, without fans, you gotta create your own momentum. Yeah. And we, we just don't see that, do we? We don't see don't that from this team. And, and, yeah. Like how cool would it be to see like how cool, how awesome would it just you know we need we need some kind of positivity in the season. How cool would it be to see like Henry and Jamin on the floor, like diving and scrapping and, and, and then getting up yelling, you know, like, and, and doing it, not just one play, like consistently, like, you know, play after play, just, just doing those things, you know, chuck, chuck somebody out of bounds when they're driving down on the baseline show them you're not going to let them have it anymore. Like how cool would yeah. that be to see, man? Like, so that's a win to me. Like I, I don't even yeah. need to see this team make the tournament. Like I don't, I don't need to see some miracle happen. I'm not even looking for that. I'm looking I'm for something like that. I'm looking for, I'm I'm looking for 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 us to just play hard. You know, Henry's Henry is so strong. Like I'm looking for him to just just throw somebody down once, not not maliciously, not dirty. You know, just show him I'm not, I'm not letting you get an open layup today. Break, break like, some fight. Right, right, that's what I want to see, man. That that for me, we see that the next few games to end this season. That's a win. I'll take it. I'll take it. Moving yeah, in the next I, I think got, that that's exactly the right attitude. We have to find some way to get these mini wins, little milestones that we can point back to and say we didn't fight. And we didn't, you know, give up. We fought. We fought to the very end. And we're going to take that going into next year, and we're going to build on it. And we're going to start as soon as the season's over with the off season. We're going to work out harder than we've ever worked out in our entire life. We're going to stay on campus. We are going to stay in the gym. And we are going to prove it at the beginning of next year. And we're going to take everything that we've learned from this year, all the losses, all the heartaches, and all the disappointments, 
and we will come back and we will be stronger next year for it. Let's go Duke. Let's go Duke. Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Five Point Play podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And also check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Five Point Play Podcast. Let's go Duke.